Welcome to episode three of After the Buzzer Sports Talk, and I'm your host, Aiden Mayer. Today we're going to be talking a pretty much the whole time about the NBA. Um, I'd like to kind of go over some of the action last night, what I'm looking forward to tonight, and I want to touch up on my thoughts on the whole Zion Williams um, situation. So yeah, let's go. I'm going to start with the Zion Williams um, situation. So obviously everyone knows he got hurt. He has a day-to-day um, grade one knee sprain. So it's nothing big. It's a day-to-day injury, but he's been ruled out for tonight's game against Syracuse. That one is in Syracuse. Remember, um, the Duke Blue Devils lost their last game to Syracuse 95-91 to in overtime. That was in Duke. So, I mean, this could really hurt. I think Duke, uh, Zion is a factor, especially against a team like Syracuse. But I think Duke will win anyway. I don't see them losing back-to-back games against Syracuse or back-to-back games in general. I think they're going to pull this one out. I think R.J. Barrett will lead the way in points. I think Trey Jones will step up um, as well. So, you know, I'm just interested to see what happens tonight. But for Zion, because people are saying, should he shut it down? No. I think this is a a day-to-day grade one knee sprain. So obviously this isn't something where it's just like, if your team makes it to the elite eight, you could play in the elite eight, the final four and the championship. If that was the case and he decided, you know, I'm just going to shut it down. I'm okay with that, but he's playing on Duke. I think he just, he made a commitment to the team. It isn't all about money. I think he needs to sit out as long as he needs to. He should sit out as long as he needs to, but as long as he needs to, doesn't mean the whole season. I think he should, until he feels 110%, which if that takes till Thursday, Wednesday, you have to be okay with that. That's Zion's decision. And if it's Zion's decision to shut it down, I'm going to respect it. But I, one, I just don't think he will. And two, I don't think he really should. I think he made a commitment. And if he really feels like there's a chance I might get hurt again, I feel like if the medical team says that, then shut it down. But if it's like, all right, you're you're cleared to go. I do agree that you should be sitting tonight versus Syracuse, even if if he's like, all right, I'm, you know, I think I could play. You know, I still kind of hurt, but no, no, sit, sit. I think he should probably sit till like Tuesday, Wednesday. I think he should just totally take like a whole week off for this injury because he really needs to make sure he's ready for the NBA draft. That's his number one priority. As much as you want to go win a national title with Duke. He needs to make sure he's ready for the draft and make sure he's not hurt going into the draft or anything significant. But um, I think he should be sitting um, for today, and um, I think he's make they're making the right decision to sit him tonight versus Syracuse. And I think, again, it should take six days to a week, even eight days off. But I don't think it should take more than that. It's a day-to-day grade one knee sprain, right? So, you know, I'm interested to see how Duke does without him. But I think R.J. Barrett, I've, I think R.J. Barrett, um, you know, plays the major role offensively. Although they're they can really force you to take three. Syracuse did a great job last time forcing Duke. This seems horrible at shooting threes. Forced them to take 41 threes last time, which I thought was the key 
to why they won. Um, but I think RJ will lead the way in points. I think Trey Jones will step up big time scoring the basketball, and I think uh, Reddish will do something. Those three have to be the guys, um, especially without Zion, but I think it's going to really hurt them without Zion tonight, but I still think they'll get the win. Uh, I just don't see them losing back-to-back games with or without Zion. This is still a good team. We have to realize that, but I think Zion's making the right decision, definitely sitting out tonight. I don't think he will shut it down. I don't think he should. I think he should take off as much time as possible for this injury, but it shouldn't take more than seven, eight days. That's that's my take on the whole Zion um, thing. It's obviously a big discussion right now. I'd say it's the biggest discussion for anyone who's had a day-to-day, day-to-day injury. This is a you know week, less than a week injury, and it's being talked about so much. This is so big. And, you know, you know how much does a day-to-day injury get talked about? Not more than this. So this is this has been uh, crazy. But obviously, this is you know one of the most hyped-over prospects ever. Just got hurt, you know, in college, and people are talked about it. He should shut it down. But personally, I think take as much time as you want off. But it shouldn't be more than seven, eight days. That's my take on the whole um, Zion thing. And I'm interested to see how Duke does without him. But I do think they will still win tonight against Syracuse. If they don't, they don't. But I think they will. I think they should with or without Zion. They're still a better team. They're still a very good team. So, yeah, let's see how they do without Zion. And let's see what Zion's decision is. But I think he will not shut it down. I think he likes playing for Duke. And I don't think he really should. But take as much time as you want off. That's my take on the whole Zion thing. All right, now I'm going to talk about some of the NBA action. We saw a few... Uh, very good games last night. DeMar DeRozan had his return to um, Toronto. We saw the double overtime game in OKC between the Thunder and the Jazz, a possible playoff matchup. Um, that was last night. Last night, there were a lot of close games. Um, also, I think an interesting one that's flown under the radar that has been talked about at all, the Pacers beating the Pelicans by 15. And the Pacers have not lost without Victor Oladipo yet. Um, So getting to all that, first we'll start with DeMar DeRozan's return to Toronto. They they obviously lost, okay? We all know DeMar DeRozan's return. They lost to the Raptors, 120-117, the first time they did win. Um, So Kawhi loses in his return to San Antonio. DeMar loses his return to Toronto. Um, But... You look at some of the stats. I thought DeRozan had a solid night. Um, 23 points on 34 minutes long with 8 assists, 4 rebounds. So he played a pretty solid game. It was not no outstanding returning performance, but he had a solid night. Um, Aldridge was a key factor to why they lost uh, last night. He only scored 6 points on 8 boards and 3 assists in 31 minutes. Um Marco Bellinelli, Patty Mills, Davis, Burtons, but they all stepped up. Those guys stepped up, um, you know, to help LaMarcus Aldridge's lack of scoring. Bellinelli at 21. Patty Mills at 15. Burtons had 17. So despite Aldridge's scoring lack, you had three guys step up. Gay, Rudy Gay had 12. So, uh, but a disappointing night for Aldridge and Bryn Forbes, who only had nine points. 
Uh, I expect better. I think he's a very underrated young guard who can really score the basketball, but he couldn't really last night with only nine um, points on the night. So, yeah, you had a few guys step up. You had a few guys, you know, take a step down last night with Aldridge and Forrest, but Bellinelli, Mills, Burtons all step up. But overall, it was DeRozan's night, led the team in scoring. It was his return. He was the best spur last night. He was the best spur. Um, Kawhi Leonard, though, led the way in scoring him and Siakam. That Siakam is very good. And he only grabbed three rebounds for a power forward, but 22.6 assists. I look at Siakam, he's improved. He's my most improved player so far. Um, he has every single statistic is improved this season from last season. Uh, he's, he can, I've seen him. He's had some good passes. Uh, he can score inside, um, Again, he's improved in everything, and he's a fantastic defender. So I really like Siakam. I think um, you look at the team besides um, Kawhi and Kyle Lowry, he's probably your third best player. He's arguably your second over Kyle Lowry, um, but I'd still say Kyle Lowry's probably better than him. But Siakam is the uh, Definitely the future of that team, considering Kawhi's probably going to leave, I think, and Lowry's starting to get up there in age. So Siakam, uh, he's the future. But Abaka hit fifth, got 15 rebounds, 13 points. Those boards were big um, for their team. So overall, I thought we obviously start the end of that game. It was 118-117 Spurs. DeRozan brings it up the ball, brings the ball up the court. They could dribble up the clock, and he – Dribbles the ball up the court. Kawhi steals it, and the Raptors take the lead. That's kind of a choke by DeMar DeRozan. You know, I don't think that was very smart. Um, people are just like, oh, the Raptors won. Kawhi got the game-winning steal. He almost had a backcourt, though, Kawhi, at the end. That would have gave the Spurs the ball back, but he didn't. DeRozan kind of chokes at the end there, um, but the Raptors um, put up a good fight, just outfought the Spurs. That's a good... Uh, Rivalry. I think it, the games have been so good between the two, just because of the right, you know, the trade. I think if the trade did never happen, this game wouldn't, you know. I don't even think it would have been that close. I think the players were just hungry, especially like Kawhi and Demar Derozan. They just really wanted that game. Danny Green. Then there's Jakob Podol. Uh, you know, you know, wouldn't have really mattered if he was in the game. He had uh, 17 minutes played, the least on the whole team, uh, I believe at least for the guys who played, uh, with eight points, nine rebounds, one assist. So, I mean, he didn't put up bad stats. I've said it, Jakob Podol um, is a, you know, kind of a little bit of an underrated player because of his age. And sure, you know, his stats don't pop out at you, but for the minutes he gets like eight points, nine rebounds, and an assist in 17 minutes. Not that bad. Those are pretty good. He's pretty efficient, I'd say. Uh, he's a pretty efficient player, so um, um, yeah, that's my take on him. But I think it's been both sides are really hungry. Like they're the both teams stars. DeRozan, I have argued though, is Aldridge better than DeRozan? It's arguable, but let's just say DeRozan and Leonard are the stars on their team, facing their former teams. That's why both of them treated a little more like just more than. A, uh, regular season game. So that's why I think those games have been so good. But overall, that game was solid. 
Uh, pretty good game, but I think DeRozan chokes at the end of that game, but he was the best player on the Spurs last night. Aldridge has to play better. Luckily, you were in that game because Bellinelli, Mills, Burtons all step up for you off the, uh, some of them off the bench at least. And um, Aldridge, uh, a little disappointing there. Um, but you had those guys step up, and overall, um, I think the Spurs could have won that game, but the Raptors just outdueled them. I had the Raptors winning that game just because I thought, no, I don't see them losing to the Spurs twice. But it was a good game. I think we all expected that. And uh, DeRozan puts up solid stats, but I think he choked at the end. That's that's what I think. I don't think it's a huge choke, but, you know, I think it could have gone a little better for DeRozan at the end of that game. But, that's my take on the um, Raptors-Spurs game last night, so yeah. All right, now I'm going to talk about the um, double overtime game last night between the Thunder and the Spurs. It was probably the best game of the night, and there were some really good games. A lot of these games went down to the wire, but this one went down to the thin, 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 thin wire. Um 148, 147, the Thunder pulled out the win. Another huge night, huge night for Paul George. He has just been lighting it up lately. Paul George played 15 minutes and got 45 points, 9 rebounds, 7 assists. Paul George had 43 minutes um, behind George and Steven Adams, and he scored 43 points, 15 rebounds, only had 8 assists, though. So uh, Russell Westbrook's 11-game triple-double streak snapped last night despite playing two double overtimes. Uh, playing two overtimes, excuse me. He still couldn't get two more assists to keep the streak going. There's no doubt Paul George was the, the player of the game last night. I mean, maybe not no doubt, because Westbrook put up 43 points. It's 15, uh, 15 boards, 8 rebounds. No one's talking about the fact that when they think about Westbrook's performance last night, oh, his triple-double streak, streak snapped. He scored 43 points, given double overtime. 43 points, 15 rebounds, 8 assists. That's are pretty good. Double overtime or not, in 43 minutes. It's a point per minute. So people are just like, oh, his triple-double streak snapped. No, he scored the ball pretty well last night. Um, Schroeder didn't have a huge night off the bench scoring-wise, but he's moving the ball pretty well with 7 assists. Uh, but... Markeith Morris did nothing to assist, no points, no rebounds, 17 minutes. May I say, the Thunder bench was horrible last night. Um, that was a huge thing that the Jazz were bench. The Jazz bench was way better than the Thunder last night. Uh, the Thunder bench in the whole game scored a total, a grand, grand total of nine. Points from Schroeder, zero points from Morris, two from Nerlens Noel, three from Nader, none from Deontay Burton. 14 points from the bench from the Thunder in a double overtime game, and they still managed to score 148 points and win. How do you do that? I will say Abdel Nader, he only played 10 minutes. He had a rebound, no assists, three points, but he was big down the stretch. He had a big three, and he had a, a steal in the overtime periods, down the stretch, when he was getting his minutes, he made a few plays, and it might look at all. You know, Abdel Nader, 10, you know, 10 minutes, a rebound, three points, and a steal. Great. No, he was he made some big plays. That three and that steal, those were big. Um, so, 
I'm not saying he had an outstanding night, but he made, you know, two big plays in why the Thunder won, but their bench was horrible. Um, but the starters really carried the load, Paul George uh, and Westbrook especially, but Jeremy Grant, Stephen Adams, Ferguson. Again, Westbrook and George almost scored 100 combined. Almost. They didn't, but 88 which is 12 points shy, and that's incredible. But they did get help from Grant, Adams, and Ferguson. Schroeder was good moving the ball. He just didn't have a great night scoring, but he was definitely their best bench player. And I, as I said, Nader made the plays, uh, but Noel had a horrible game. Morris did nothing in Burton, eight minutes, a rebound. That was it. So their bench um, needs improvements. And now I start to think about it, the Thunder lack – um, three-point shooting besides Paul George and some bench depth. Uh, now, you know, games like this, maybe you could say, yeah, they've Dennis Schroeder, who's been arguably sixth man of the year, but besides that, maybe Markeith Morris. And then when Roberson is healthy, you have a guy like Ferguson. But they don't have a lot. You know what I say? You know, they have a few, like, oh, that's a good bench play, that's a good bench play. But overall, the bench isn't great. Okay? It's, it, listen, I think... um. You know, saying this just because they had a bad night last night. In general, their bench is okay. But, you know, when you have nights like that, you know, how do they pull out that win? The Jazz all around, their bench should way better. Uh, Joe Ingles had 15 points. Uh, he had some big threes. Derek Favors was had a super efficient 24-point night along with 11 boards. He had a good day. Rudy Gobert had a solid game as well. Donovan Mitchell went off 38 points. Crowder had a good game, and then, you know, you kind of just got the rest. Um, but <sighs> you got a few other guys that did something. But overall, my takeaway from this game, what a shot from George at the end, Paul George. That guy is on fire. I was watching some of these highlights of the game yesterday, and this guy is incredible. I mean, he couldn't miss a shot. That How do you take that floater at the end? You're down 146 to 147. You've played 50 minutes. It's double overtime. You're probably gassed. You're down by one this whole game. And you trust taking that high arcing floater over a defender? And it goes in. That was just crazy. Okay, that was crazy. Great night from Paul George. But um, Paul George overshadowed Russell Westbrook. Is 43 points. And the fact that Westbrook's... Triple-double streak snapped. We're forgetting he scored 43 points and still got 15 rebounds um, and still had eight assists. Still put up incredible numbers, but people are like, oh, Paul George led the way scoring. Technically, yeah, but he still scored 43. Westbrook did. Um, so, yeah, that's my take on that that game. I thought it was an interesting one, and I thought, you know, people were downplaying the fact that the Thunder bench was horrible in that game. They were downright awful um, in that game. Um, besides the Pacers Pelicans, you look around the league, some some you know solid games, the Clippers um, versus the Grizzlies, Harrell scores 30. Uh, the Pistons versus the Hawks, Thon Maker hitting the game winning three, Blake Griffin getting ejected. Uh, but Thon Maker scored nine points and I'm not saying oh Thon Thon Maker. Woo! You know, future NBA star. But that trade, I think they gave up a little too much for Thon. But, uh, you know, Stanley Johnson's obviously been disappointing. But they gave up a little too much for Thon. But I was like, you know what? He's going to be a good fit here. 
I was just like, he's going to be a good fit in Detroit. And as much as, yeah, we say, oh, he should have been a, a good fit in Milwaukee. Look how that turned out. Uh, a stretch four. But nine points isn't like, oh, sure, he averages four and four and a half a game. But now nine points. Oh, he's a future star. But no, I think this guy's still a potential. He's a seven-footer that can shoot at a very young age and just didn't really get a huge chance in Milwaukee. So I think he's still got potential. He'll still be a uh, – I think he'll be a good player. And um, if Blake Griffin doesn't get ejected, I don't think he's in at the game at that point. I think he was just a replacement for Blake. And he hit that game-winning three. That's going to give him confidence to keep shooting and keep letting it fly. I think he's going to get more minutes in Detroit, play a bigger role. And um, I think I'm interested to see how he grows because I thought, you know what, in Detroit, I think he can turn things around at least a little bit and keep, uh, make some sort of name for himself. All right, so now on to the um, NBA game last night that just didn't get enough attention, the Pacers-Pelicans game, um, because the um, Pacers have not lost yet with Victor Oladipo out of the lineup. And this happened a few weeks ago. Um, Wesley Matthews, who just signed with the team, led the team in points, played 30 minutes, came in, and and had 24 points. Uh, He's bought out of New York. Obviously, if you heard the Break It Down podcast, you remember I – didn't know it was breaking news at the time when Thomas told me this happened. So that was funny. So now I know. And he just dropped a 24-point game. But for the Pelicans, I thought they were going to win this game, frankly. Um, just because I felt the Pacers got to drop one of these games. But the Pacers have shown they can still be solid. I don't know how far they'll make it in the playoffs. Because truly, you look at it, can this team really win the playoffs? Or are they just overachieving for these first few games with that Roland Depot? And then when the sugar rush is over, uh, you know, maybe they'll cool down. But Tyreek Evans played 19 minutes, had three boards, three assists, 17 points. So he comes back to life. What happened to Tyreek? Remember, he was really good a few years ago and now, like, the past year or two. He hasn't, he's kind of, like, dimmed away. Uh, Bajan Bogdanovich, um, 20 points, five rebounds, two assists. That is. He's going to become a free agent. He does not get enough credit for – he's a good scorer, and he's efficient too. So he's like 43% from three. No one knows. Like, oh, everyone forgets about him. Uh, Sabonis had 13 boards, 18 points. Uh, he's a really good player. In and out player that can score inside and out, makes him a real threat. Um, those are some of your uh, bigger – Miles Turner was also out of the lineup uh, last night, I believe. Yeah, according to this, he was. So, Miles Turner, obviously, I've talked about it, not on this, but I've talked about how Miles Turner, I expected him to be better by now. I was like, what happened to Miles Turner? I feel like he's kind of falling off, but he's making for – defensively, he leads the league in blocks per game this year. Um, Anthony Davis only played 20 minutes, but he still grabbed eight boards, four assists, 15 points. So, obviously, the Pelicans have been sitting him in close games at the end of the game. Obviously, the Pelicans don't want to play him. They've tried to sit him. They, it's You know how awkward that is to have a guy that has requested a trade that still has to play for your team, and they don't play him in the final minutes, and he's the clear – like, it's, you know how weird it has to be to be on um, – uh, New Orleans right now, and be on that team. Uh, Drew Holiday overall, a little bit of an underwhelming night for him. Only scored 14 points. Um, but you look at the 
Pacers guards. Uh, he was on probably Darren. He was in Darren Collison. I'd assume he was on Darren Collison. And Collison had 12 assists, 10 points, so like a little double double there. But Drew Holiday's a great defender, and I wish there was a stat that could tell you how good they did defensively, besides steals and blocks. But because that doesn't say everything, you know, steals and blocks don't really say any everything. But I, w- I hope they do come out with the stat that uh, tells us how good the, the players did defensively because Drew Holiday doesn't get enough credit because there isn't. And he's one of the best two-way players in the league, I believe. You know, he's, a, a, he's a player that can play each guard position. He can He's one of the best defenders in the league, and he can drop 20 a night. It's a great player, and he doesn't get enough credit. Um, I've said it time, time, time and again. Um, so... Yeah, I think the Pacers, you know, they're starting to pick up heat. No one's talking about how they have not lost yet without they haven't lost yet without Victor Oladipo. No one's talking about that. I don't get why. Because that's impressive. This team was expected to fall off a cliff. And they're gonna be a top five seed because you know, the Nets, you're probably saying, well the Nets, no, there's too much distance. Um, like in games between the Pacers and the Nets right now. There's just too much distance. Right now, the Pacers are still... Excuse me, the Pacers did lose one game with Victor Oladipo. They did. They did. Um, But besides that one game, they've won every game. So they did lose a game with Victor Oladipo. Um, But... They're still... uh... They've been pretty good without them. I'm not saying they're going to be a threat in the playoffs, but the reason why they can't go farther than a five seed right now, there's 20, like, four games left for each team. The Pacers are uh, nine and a half games ahead of the Nets. So, you know, I think the Nets, uh, people don't think, like, the Nets are, like, a lock at the six seed. The Hornets are only a game behind them. The Pist, like, they think they're locked to get in the playoffs. I think they are, in a way, but they're not that many games behind just slipping out of the playoffs. The Hornets won last night, and so did the Pistons. So, just something to keep your eye out on. The, Pist- the Nets aren't locks to get in. They will. I think they should. If they don't, that's just complete failure because... You know, if you look at it right now, the standings say exactly the same, which I doubt they will. The Pacers will lose a few games. But if the standings say the exact same, we could see Nets-Pacers in the first round, which would be so interesting. Because the Pacers have home court advantage, but can the Nets pull off that upset? That would be interesting, but I don't know if it'll happen. Um, Whoa, there's a game on right now. Okay. So the Blazers and Sixers are playing right now. Obviously, now that you're listening to it, maybe, you know, that already passed. But I'm recording this at 2 o'clock in the afternoon, and the Blazers and Sixers are in the middle of a close game. uh, Winding down to the half, but things to look for tonight. Um, The big game is the Rockets-Warriors. You know, I'm interested to see how the Rockets do. I want to see how many minutes James Harden gets. I know this is a big game against a good team, and the Rockets have been a threat to the Warriors, but I still want to see James Harden get, like, at least 35 minutes tonight. Give him, like, 34, 35 minutes, because lately he's been in, like, 37 minutes. So lower it just a little bit for this game, and then we start talking, like, 33, 34. But it needs to start now. Give him less minutes right now. Um, some other games. Kings Thunder, I think it's going to be interesting. The Kings came close. They've been good of late. Um, Lakers Pelicans. 
see how the Lakers do. I think the Lakers will win that game um, with the uh, with LeBron in playoff mode. They'll win. Pacers Wizards also because how do the Pacers can the Pacers keep riding this win streak? Um, Nets Hornets, but I think the Nets will win that one. But that's just one because they're close in the standings. The Celtics Bulls interest me because I'm a Celtics fan, and the Celtics have always lost the easy games this season. So this is another one. The Bulls came off an impressive win last night, so can they just uh, hang on? The Pistons and Heat. Pistons are in eighth place right now. The Heat are in ninth. That's a battle for the eighth seed, so that's like a pretty big game for those two squads. So there are some games um, on tonight that are a little interesting. I can make a good case to watch them, but... Uh, last night's action, a lot of good close games. Um, yeah, so yeah, so there were some really good games last night, and we went over a few of them. And just keep, I'm telling you, keep your eye out for the Pacers because I really want to see how they keep doing without Old Depot because they've only dropped one game so far. Pretty sure without them, because I said they were undefeated, but turns out they did lose a game without him. So I'm telling you, keep your eye out on the Pacers and see how they keep doing. Unfortunately, that's all we have time for today. So, if you thank you guys for watching. If you have anything to send in, anything you guys want me to do, please send it in, and I'll take a look at it. Please, please do. Um, and I'll definitely take a look at it. Um, so yeah, thank you guys, and I hope to start doing a little more like lists of stuff, like projecting what I think, how I think every NBA prospect will end up doing, or like do a mock draft or something and share that with you guys, and change it up a little from just everyday like action that's going on, and have like a mix of kind of like what they do on Break It Down, me and Thomas, and from what I do here, and just dissect everything that happens in the NBA. So thank you guys, keep listening, and tell your friends about this. Send some stuff in.